If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pop, yes, 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 yes. For the first forty-eight minutes, we do our introductory conversation. Holy cow, we did a lot of topics. Look at oh, that. We went all over the board. We went all over the <laughs> yeah. board here. You should, you a little bit scatterbrained. Just read them all. Yeah. Up. Well, first we talk about Skinny Dips' new dark chocolate peppermint flavored almonds. They are absolutely delicious. Yeah, I was eating those. Sorry, guys. If you go to skinnydipped.com forward slash Mind Pump and use the code Mind Pump, you'll get twenty percent off. Then we talk about the top three instruments you don't want to be caught playing. Uh, we have a little competition. <laughs> which one's the dorkiest and which one's the coolest? Yeah. Justin talks about his dog basically dominating him. Yeah. Justin is now the beta in the house. He's, he, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, He's Adam, killing me. Adam tells us the story about when his cousin tried to get him killed. <laughs> we talk about slap boxing, bloody knuckles, thorping, uh, and then we get into some like current event stuff. Like, apparently, there's an opioid antidote drug that's now 600% more expensive. I talk about this article that came out uh, that showed us that lab-grown mini-brains, you're hearing this right, <laughs> were producing uh, human-like brainwave patterns. What is going on? The end is near. Then we talked about how heart transplant recipients sometimes uh, inherit the memories from their donor. Sounds mm. like a scary movie. Don't give me a psychopath. Then we talk about mother's milk and how it's different for baby boys and baby girls and how it changes uh, throughout the day. Doug suggests we give babies Organifi gold juice to help them sleep. <laughs> I don't suggest that. It's not for Probably babies. not a good idea. But, but for adults a great mention. and for the listeners, uh, gold juice by Organifi is very relaxing and it does help you sleep better. That's my personal experience. Uh, if you go to Organifi.com forward slash mind pump and use the code mind pump, you'll get 20% off. And then finally, we talk about the torment of being a genius. Poor Justin. It's tough. Then we get into the questions. The first question was, uh, what's the furthest that we've ever regressed the client for a particular movement? So let's say I somebody told him to go home. Let's say somebody has extreme limitations. What are some ways we can regress somebody so we can start to train them to get better? Uh, Adam does mention Prime Pro. That is our correctional maps program. So it's good for people to improve mobility and correct uh, aches and pains. Uh, you can go to mapsfitnessproducts.com if you want to check that out. The next question was. What are the biggest differences or changes uh, in our style of personal training or how we train people in the, be versus in the beginning of our career versus the back half of our career? What are the mistakes we've made and how did we improve? The next question was, what are our best strategies for accountability? How do we help people stay accountable? How do we keep our sale ourselves accountable? That's weird how I said that. Yeah, sales. Uh, sales. Sales. It's a sale. <laughs> buy, buy, buy. It's, it's just natural. It's just natural. <laughs> it's just a machine, dude. I can't help it. <laughs> then the final question, uh, we give our opinion on the YouTube fitness community. There's some good ones and there's some bad ones. Uh, find out what we think when you listen to that part of this episode. Now I get to the part where I get to tell everybody that is three days left. Yes. Maps anywhere, 50% off. The sale is ending in three days. If you want to check out the program that was designed for people who don't want to work out in a gym, like to work out at home, like to work out in the park, like to work out at work or on the road, you just got to go to mapswhite.com. In, in a plane, in a car. And use the code WHITE50, W-H-I-T-E, and the number 50 at checkout for your discount. And if you want to check out our other MAPS programs, just go to mapsfitnessproducts.com. T-shirt time! 
And it's t-shirt time. Oh, it's my favorite time of the week. <laughs> a little light on the reviews. Maybe the Thanksgiving holiday got people sidetracked. Eating all them turkeys, you turkey. They fell asleep. <laughs> so we got two review winners for iTunes. We got K- Caleb Jareel and Lathabad. Both of you are winners. And on Facebook, we have Natasha Morrison, Michelle Brooks, and Dale Crosser. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Even if you were on Facebook, it's at iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. Way to go, Dale! This has to be the only time that we're all being assholes eating on the podcast, right? I'm not. I'm not going to eat another one just well, because of that. It's oh, the shit, it's the uh, it's the new uh, flavor of the skinny dipped almond. Yeah. What does re- the bag say, Doug? It's, it's been a peppermint revealed. chocolate. We called it. What do you think Did about we it? not? Yeah. So let's explain. So here's the thing about the flavor, because the thing about peppermint that I don't like is that you'll sometimes eat something that's overwhelmingly peppermint. It's very powerful. This one's not. So you don't like York. Too no. much. Yeah, it's mo- too much. Most people that don't like a lot of peppermint don't like Yeah, that. I'm not down with the York peppermint patties. I like York. They're, they're okay. You know why I like Yorks? Because I can only have like two of them and I'm good. <laughs> mm. you like, can't, like when you blow out, it's like cold. You, it's can't, like, you can't sit down and eat a whole bag of Yorks. Just, that's, a good que- that's a good point. Yeah, you can't. You can't do uh, it. Reese's peanut butter cups? You could eat a whole bag of those. <laughs> you could, right, Justin? Hold I have before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're dark chocolate peppermint. So these skinny dipped ones are, you could taste the chocolate right away in the almond. Remember, the chocolate is not a huge layer. It's like a nice thin layer. But then it's got that pepperminy, you know, essence. It's like a infused. It's got the essence of peppermint in it. So they do, they do a good, I wonder who, who controls their flavoring. I don't know, but you know what it, you know what I mean? Is there like like a flavored Okay, so I, I, I'm, I was never a good bartender. You know, I'm going to throw that out there. I was not the greatest, but. Mm -hmm. I knew when you hit that like perfect amount, you know, that, that recipe that mm. where it just like, mm. like, okay, that wasn't too sweet. That wasn't too bitter. That wasn't, you had, it was like the right balance <clears throat> and the, you know, they don't overpower and over sweeten and, and put too much like chocolate and all that. So they've nailed it, man. What was your, what drink would you say you were known for when people would uh, come into your bar? What would they be like? Oh, you got to get this. Like an old fashioned or, oh really? Or mainly shots. Or I mean, like, blowjobs. Yeah, yeah, blowjobs. <laughs> sex, sex after, on the beach. Just gonna get the usual blowjob, please. <laughs> what time Actually, you, I was giving out oatmeal like, cookie shots. Like, he's like I'm cutting crazy. you off, sir. That's that's yeah. five today already. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody from Bailey's yeah. came and gave us all these little tiny shooters, and like, my they lips were are like, tired. They're like, get rid of this. And there was only like two different. My lips are tired. <laughs> <laughs> You son of a bitch. You snuck that one in on me. Yeah. Yeah. Do lips get tired? Do they? Ask Justin. Actually, <laughs> I mean, they crack. Actually, they, uh, no, they crack and bleed. They do get tired. You know why I know this? I used to play the trumpet. <laughs> what? You, you I used would, to play the trumpet. You are a horn blower. I, and your lips I would can get see tired. This, yeah. Shut up, bro. You try, You play the saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was doing the sexy version of what you're doing. This is okay. What is the wait, 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 what is the order of, of instruments that you don't want to be proud of playing as you get older? Uh, Unless yeah. you're a badass. So if you're listening to this, if you're a badass, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say right. accordion. Like, you can't hey, be hey, a, hey, 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 listen. hey, 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 a Every badass instrument. flute player? It doesn't matter. Yeah, Name yeah. one. <laughs> Jethro Tull. 
boom, bitch. <laughs> Silence. I'm like, I, I'm like kind let's, of accepting that, but no, it's still. Let's a, agree a on. Let's agree on this. Okay. okay. All any instrument, if you're a badass, it, it's cool. Except for the triangle. But so let's just yeah. assume. If <laughs> <laughs> you're a professional <laughs> triangle, <laughs> unless you're calling people in for dinner, do you think yeah. there's actually a pro that does that triangle? Yeah, I feel. Mm. I feel like anybody who is like musically talented could just play the triangle. Yeah. Oh, 100%. That's why they give it to yeah. the idiot kid, you know, in right. class. But, okay, it's you it's know like, it's like an NBA player, like, never playing horse his whole entire life, but could he play the game? Like, yeah, you could probably get by playing we're horse. Gonna, we're sure. going to get, get an angry DM from a triangle player. <laughs> I spent 10 years. This got me into college. <laughs> okay, so... Wow, look at that. Doug pulled up a... A uh, professional triangle player. Nah, these are oh jokes. They have to be jokes. No. Yeah. There's so, no so, okay... <laughs> All right. All, we'll say like you are a subpar ta- talent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What in in the order? What is the worst? Go top three worst instruments that you could uh, be good at. Tuba's got to be up there. Yeah. Well, flute is my number one. Annoying. I'm gonna put my. I think everybody has a vote for their number one. I'm gonna say flute. Flute's got to be up there, especially for a guy, right? Because it's kind yeah. of a, it's not a very masculine instrument. No. It's, yeah. not, it's seemingly not at all. Yeah. So flute's got to be up there. The 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 like tuba's chimes. another one. You know, like uh-huh. you, I mean, I don't know though, because that's considered oh, percussive. Oh, so I, I got it. All the different percussive like <laughs> instruments, you like you, you kind of no, make, I, make noises. I with, got it. The yeah. harp. <laughs> oh, the harp. Yeah. Harp's kind of dope. I don't know, man. Harp's kind of dope. Know. I've heard some Bro, people in the streets how jamming per- on the the harp. Dude, uh, what's in the streets? Yeah, when I was over in, when I was in Ireland and. Yeah, dude, they were going. Imagine off. being a singular bachelor too, like, and you bring a girl. You over said the- subpar though, so you bring. You <laughs> okay. bring all right, all right. You bring a girl over your house. If you're, you're like, like kind of okay, and it's really bad. Or- Imagine you're like, hey, you want? I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play your song. Ding, ding, ding. She's like, and she's thinking like, oh my god, that's so sexy. He's gonna play like the guitar, or the piano. You pull out the harp. And it's a fucking big ass harp. <laughs> yeah. you know? You're rolling yeah. in. Yeah. I feel like yeah. she's already excited at that point. Like, no, she, it's game over. I'm gonna. She say- sees you now. Say that exact same scenario, and you come out of your closet and you bust out your flute. <laughs> Say yeah, like yeah. she's not getting excited that's over true, that. That's she's true. That's true. The, the okay. harp rolls in. You're How like, about oh, this? Shit. Yeah. What's gonna dry it up the quickest? I think a banjo. Yeah. Like just because of the reference of ding 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 ding. Um. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Banjos can be kind of. Remember the Devil Goes Down to Georgia? Isn't yeah, that a no, banjo? That's a cool. That's, that's a cool. Song. I mean, that'll. I don't know. In the fiddle. That's a moisture know. producer. Mm-hmm. So sure, <laughs> if you say so. I like the dude. I th- okay. What's the bad most badass instruments? Guitar. Oh, yeah. Electric drums. Guitar. Uh, guitar and drums, I think, are cool. I think at our age, it's the piano. I think if you're dating at no, our age, no, dude. and you could play the piano well, and you bring a woman over your house, no. and you play the piano really good. That's such a nerdy thing no. to say. I bet you I'm right. No. No. I bet We'll do a poll. I don't think so. That's because we have a bunch of nerds that listen to us. You might be right. Mm. I mean, <laughs> you're, that, you're, <laughs> you're just annoying. You're like that crooner you're, guy. You have to be the worst. <laughs> You have to be the worst promoter of yeah. our fans are nerds. <laughs> it's cool to be a nerd now. Yeah. Okay, oh, okay, that's a good. That's a good save. It is. It is. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. No, but you know, I used to the play nerds the, rule the world now. They it's, do. That's yeah. true. I used to play the trumpet, and your lips do get tired. That was the whole point of this conversation. Yeah, you do find that your lips start to get a little tired. You can't pucker them mm. like you could initially. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! Is that, that here's the combo right there. What are you doing? Black tie coffee with the peppermint. 
Uh, Chocolate yeah. almonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a couple of almonds. Shot in there too. For oh man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Looking I feel it. For you. <clears throat> it's good stuff, man. I don't know if I feel good about introducing everybody to the nicotine as a nootropic. I feel like uh, Adam might have a problem. It's yeah. <laughs> He's coming in with headaches already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I fully commit to anything that I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're not a quitter. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't half-ass anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full-ass everything I do. It's 100%. Full-ass. That's right. All-ass yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's right. That's Justin, right. I want to hear yeah. you tell the story on the podcast about how you got punked by your dog. Because I feel like your dog- My dog just keeps punking me he's constantly. Like, he's alpha. You're the beta. No. <laughs> no, that is not what's happening. He's he's taking cheap shots <laughs> Bro, when I'm not looking. That's not a cheap shot. That is the most blatant- Like, tell a story. Bro, okay. So- I posted on my Instagram like the other day, just walk because when I get home, it gets really dark, like really fast now because of the the change of time. And so I'm, I have to get him out because he's crazy. He just like has way too much energy. He's going to destroy the house. So I take him out there. <clears throat> my my oldest son comes with me and we go on this like nature hike. And uh, we were able to go on this nature hike because they lit up this zipline course. That it's was like, really cool. I saw that on your Insta story. Yeah, it and it's it's a cool thing that they do just for the holidays, and so like it's really bright and it's 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 really like a cool kind of experience. And they have like laser stuff going on in the forest, so it's like I don't know. I just go to I, I go on this walk, do, 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 do. yeah, and all this stuff's going on. And uh, so I'm trying to take a picture of, <coughs> excuse me, I'm trying to take a picture of it. <clears throat> And I'm looking up and I'm taking a picture and my son also, we're all, you know, kind of looking up at, at, at the bridge. And meanwhile, you know, my dog's just kind of, you know, like jockeying for position. I looked down, he squatted, he's hovering over my foot. He took the fattest shit right on my foot. And I was like, and I couldn't tell because it was really dark at first. And I'm like, what? Bro. How can you debate that you are not the beta? <laughs> you just got shit on by your dog, and you, there's no way. Bro, you, that dude, is the ultimate. A dog that's, Fuck you. Adam, a dog that's feeling out a situation. Like, let's, dude, he was circling and trying to find a place to shit, and I wasn't paying attention to him, no, so he what shit it, on me. What it was is he was in his mind. He was debating, like, yeah. do, I, am, do I need to punk this guy? Because here's what a dog will do if they're kind of not sure if they're the bait, if they're the alpha, is they'll shit on your shoe when it's not on your foot. No, no. You know what I mean? If it's but in the closet. He fucking he ran on your and sh- hid. While it was on. <laughs> he, he knew what he did. He took a dump right <laughs> on your foot. He took a dump and ran and hid, dude. <laughs> now, what, That's not fucking alpha. What goes through your mind when you look down at your shoe? Were you like, what, really? Yeah. What the fuck just No, happened? I was like, I laughed. You know, I was like, what, dude? That's, like, what? That's I, the equivalent of getting slapped by another man. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. an open hand slap. Yeah, he's not even punching. You're yeah, just going to yeah. smack your... Tsh- yeah, oh, God. Yeah. I, I told know. that story on here, didn't I? When my cousin got open hand slapped when we were in. No, a, wait, no. did you? Yeah, way like early episodes, I think, didn't I? Yeah, I think you. I think you did. I want to hear it again, though. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like seeing a guy get open hand slapped, <laughs> yeah. dude. No, we were kids. We were while well, we were in our early twenties. We were twenty two ish, and I had uh, and my cousin and I used to run around together a lot. When we were kids, uh, he w- he lived in another town, like a, a neighboring town to where I grew up in high school. And he was a popular kid. I was a popular kid. We used to go to all the parties, both his town, my town. But he was the guy I've told stories about where we'd roll up to parties and always knew that if my cousin wasn't getting laid, that we were getting into a fight. 
Like just for sure. So it was like Operation yeah. Get Travis Laid. So that he, guy. Yeah. If you think about it, it's actually Let's a brilliant. It's actually a brilliant strategy. He actually <laughs> <laughs> on his part it yeah. is. Huh? He got all you guys. <laughs> uh, everybody's like in, in cahoots trying to make it happen. It was man. When we were when we we used to do that. We a bunch of us when we get to a party, we'd be like, dude, find a chick for Travis and keep him happy because I want to have a good time tonight. I don't feel like getting in a fight. It's like right? Determines whether or not you have a good time. All right. So just that's uh, t- I say I tell that part of the story. It's not part of the actual story, but that's kind of gives you an idea of how my cousin was and when we were kids we grew up in you know i say we were popular well we grew up in a small town it's not hard to be popular when there's 10 people in your school you know so there's there was like if their shit went down like we 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 i think the worst i ever got hit with was a skateboard like it's always you're you're fighting with your hands mm-hmm. like no knives no one's getting shot like we live in a farm town you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like you call each other names you don't like each other you push you push each other first and then, then fighting and rolling yeah. around you it's might like, get hit by a, by some hay or right something. right that's so we grew up like this <laughs> that that's just you you settle your shit there's no fear at all i moved to the bay area and it was a very it was a culture shock for me and he's still from that area and he's in town visiting me when we're like 22 years old and i take him out to downtown san jose it's a whole different world. Oh, oh dude, man! I, on a Friday night, right? We're going out to the clubs, and I don't remember what club we were at back then. Tunes and yeah, tunes. Yeah, probably <laughs> actually. <laughs> I think probably, I, that was one of the first ones oh, we went wow. to, I think. And then, uh, <clears throat> so we 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 drink all night, uh, and I actually I, I met up with two girls, and we're leaving the place at like two thirty, and both these girls are like paying all the attention to me and none to my cousin. And we're we're walking home, and and he's drunk, and we're heading back to go back to my place, and everybody that we walk by, he's saying something, talking shit to him, just because he's drunk, and he's mm-hmm. just everybody just you know he'll pick someone will walk by and he'll find something on their shirt, make fun of him as he walks yeah. by. He's saying racist shit. He's oh saying, my god! Yeah, and I'm just like San Jose. Yeah, and I'm I'm like cringing and like and my my cousin was the type of person too like. If I tr- if I told him to stop it or do it that he would do it more. So I'm just kind of like praying, like please, dude, just relax, you know, and trying to keep distract him by talking to him and stuff. But he's in a, in his mood, and we walk past these two brothers that are like two seventy five, fucking wearing overalls, passing out their CD to their to their like rap single that they had done. They're trying they're trying to hustle. They're trying to get out there and get people to know who they are. And they're and they're selling them for ten dollars a pop to all the kids that are coming out of the out of the clubs afterwards, right? And these dudes probably four or five years on us, maybe more, but big as fuck. You know, look like they were linemen. And my cousin walks by them and just grabs the CD out of their hand and keeps walking. And dude's like, "Yo, yo, hey, you got to pay for that." And the guy comes running up behind us, and then we stop. And I'm like, "Travis, give him the CD." And Travis is looking down at it, and he's reading the back of it, and he's like, "Why would I pay for this shit?" And I'm like, oh, God, dude. <laughs> and the dude's here, here like, here we go. Yeah. And I'm like, please, God, please. And they're like, we're, we're going to get killed. There's yeah. 100% no doubt. Like, my, And my cousin was tough as nails, dude. We got in a lot of fights. He's not a big guy, but for sure the guy I would want with me anytime we got into something because he's just crazy and ruthless. But this is not one of these. This is We're for sure getting our asses worked. Yeah. Like, we've fought some big guys. We've won some fights. But there's there's size matters sometimes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> size matters when they're three times your, your size. It's right? like at this moment, the the, the numbers the and physics Brock are going Lesner through. Brock Lesnar like, size. Yeah, yeah. 90, totally. 99 out of 100 times, we get our asses kicked. Totally. So he, he, he says that to him. The dude kind of steps up close, leans down to talk to a, the little man. And he goes, listen, dude. I'm out here trying to promote myself, doing my thing. Like if if I wasn't trying to to hustle and do my business, I'd wipe your ass up and down this street right now. 
and he's giving me my CD back. And my my cousin steps closer to him and gets his face like right up against his face. And he says, do something. And I went, oh, my God, dude. <laughs> dude, cocks back. He like looks to his left, looks to his right just to probably see if there's cops or anybody around. And he straight cocks back, open hand, slaps my cousin enough to knock him down on the ground and open up his mouth bleeding. And my cousin pops up to go after him right away, and I just grab my cousin, pull it on him, apologizing, like just trying to get him out. He's trying to fight me to get through so he can fight him, and I'm like, Travis, we're gonna get, you're going to get me killed, dude. Like, literally. <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah. yeah. But that was, a, that was the first time that I'd ever seen somebody get open hand slap, and I had front row seats to it, and it was one of the, scar- <laughs> one of the scariest nights of my life. Wasn't that like Boss Rutten's, like one of his moves? Well, that's because he fought in in Pink Race in Japan where the rules were you couldn't hit each other in the face with a closed hand. With a closed hand. hand. But he got so good at hitting people with his open hand, he knocked people out out with that, right? (laughs) Yeah, that was like his move. He laid my cousin out. Bro. You would have thought that it was a closed fight. Have you seen the Russian slap uh, (laughs) fight championships? Oh, yeah, you showed me that, dude. That's so crazy. (laughs) You know how they they do it? Uh Uh-uh. They stand across from each other and they take turns slapping each other as hard as they can. As hard as they can. They take literally take turns in the face, like like, hard as they can. Boom! And then another guy. Then the next guy. Boom! And they go back and forth. Hand hurts. It's like until someone gets knocked out or gives up. Now we played this game when we were kids in in middle school. Yeah, we it was called shoulders. And yeah. you, you just hit someone in the shoulder. Yeah, you do the same thing, but you could sock a dude oh, yeah. in the shoulder, and yeah. you just you stand side to side. This is the type of games you played as a boy. Girl, yeah, right? yeah. Could you imagine I'm, that? Today? I'm pretty sure we even got in slap boxing. Like it, we did oh, that too. We, we, we slap boxed. Box oh, 100. This is like sixth grade, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sixth grade. That's the kind of shit. And we you did. and you just take turns wailing on each other's shoulder. You know, one after another, back and forth, until finally one guy goes, "Okay, okay, that's enough. No more." Here's yeah. a slapping contest. <laughs> Look at this. This is in 2018. So this is recent. They blast. They blast each other. <laughs> so there's these big. <laughs> why would they do that? I don't know. I you know here's a oh Ooh. yeah yeah oh see he's like oh, he's about yeah, to get knocked like, out. He's like oh I felt that. Look at his oh watch this big guy watch. Bye Oh man. Yeah yeah yeah. That's Russia for you. Yeah. It's oh did he get disqualified for, for poking you. him in the eye a little bit? Look like. Oh, oh that's weak. A t- we used to we used to dude we used to do look at there's like an audience and stuff um, well wouldn't you want to watch this i guess that's trying yeah, to, yeah. I mean, yeah that'd be kind of funny we used to do shit like this all the time we used to play you guys remember the game bloody knuckles yeah, yeah. remember that of course where we just blast each other in the hands yeah. dude i used to come home and my hands look like uh what do they look like mitts yeah because my hand would get so swollen yeah did you ever get really good at thorping Oh yeah, I remember that. Dude. What no, is I that? wasn't a thor- thorp. That's okay, where you so hit someone. Then where you dress up in costumes and you run around like medieval no, people. That's, that's no, that's no. You like <laughs> you, you hold out your forearm and you like smack. You know, I, I got so good at it to where like I would I would smack somebody's forearm with my fingers and it would like leave like indentures. You know, in their what is what's this one? Oh, that one, I think that's thorping too. I'm I'm not sure. Oh, this is thorping. yeah. It's like yeah. it's like both. Yeah. This is before the internet, by the way. Yeah. So this spread naturally. <laughs> I, you brought this up one time on the show, and I actually had never thought about that. Think before. about that. Like, how did everybody? We, the example how fascinating we, is that? Well, yeah. the example we used was how did everybody know to blow in the Nintendo cartridge? Why was that a universal yeah, how did thing? That spread. I think that, it's just kids at school talked about it, right? I think kids just passed it around, and this is just how there was no internet. No way. You know what's funny too is that I remember as a kid, like everybody had Nintendo right back then, mm-hmm. and 
the the way I remember learning is was like one person had one technique, another person had, another, and you like started combining like the things. Like yeah, I, had, I tried the eraser uh, approach. Oh, you shit, know, I never did that. Yo, yeah. dude, you, you you do the eraser on both sides of the uh you know the chip, and then you blow after that, and that sometimes worked, sometimes it didn't work. The <laughs> the one that worked for me was inst- instead of blowing in it, you <sighs> yes, yeah. Uh, what yeah, the I hell? Like, the, you you go. I didn't know this. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And, and then you wedge it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, I don't know where I, I didn't read that somewhere. Yeah. I didn't, sometimes, I didn't, sometimes you push up and down like ten times, like and then it would work. go inside. Like, yes. Jesus, this is so weird. Yeah, now, now everything, everything just automatically works. Now, you know, now it's still, now it's still we still see examples of this today, right? It's just it just spreads a million times faster. Like mm-hmm. remember yeah. how, how stupid the Tide Pod thing was. Oh, like geez. the reason why something that stupid could spread is because it can move so fast these days. And all it takes is, you know, a hundred of these stupid kids to think it's Yeah, we brought that up. Yeah. It's a lot like when everybody's trying to get everybody to like pass out, you know, and they like push on their chest really hard. Yeah. You know, I that's did that. like dumb shit like you did I as a kid. That. I do remember I, that. I did that. We did it differently though. What we would do you is would, this is don't try this, okay? If no, you're listening, don't please be an idiot. Don't. But you would hold your breath and then you'd squeeze this, the sides of your neck, which is your carotid. Basically you're choking yourself out without realizing it. Yeah. And you would pass out. I remember And that. it was like a thrill because you pass out and you'd be like, oh my God. And you wake up and be like, was I out? How long was I out for? I had a dream the whole thing. You know, they'd be like, oh, you're only out for two seconds. And you would do this with your friends. You know what else? This is why I know testosterone is, a, is basically a, po- a slow acting poison. <laughs> yeah. it, it's if, trying to kill it us. It makes you stupid do stupid shit. Oh, we did so many dumb things. Do you, now, do you guys think, well, you you're you have older kids. So yeah. do you think that your boy is, is creeping up on that age where the, this stupid stuff is coming? Uh, Do you think it's inevitable? Like, how you think you did so many stupid things? It, he has to be doing some stupid stuff, or going to be doing stupid stuff. You, you know what? That's a good. That's a good question. Think about that. You, 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 we just named they might between be- knuckles, slap boxing, to all the stupid shit we're talking about right now. Yeah, we did all those. The, the likelihood he's not doing a few of those stupid th- or like things that are that are stupid. I don't know if kids even do those kinds of things anymore. Yeah, or if it stays underground and doesn't just go on YouTube right away. Yeah, you know? or maybe I think maybe this dumb shit they do now is like I don't know. Maybe do something stupid on the computer. I feel like if I was a kid, like the thing would be <clears throat> to have two social accounts on everything always you have your one that your parents think uh, is your life the the shadow and then you have the private one that doesn't have a picture of you that has some symbol or code that your friends only the real type all the only the homies know Mm -hmm. and that's where all the inappropriate talk crazy shit is going down because you don't want mom because forever that's never changed trying to hide from mom and dad Mm -hmm. that's i don't care how good your kid is how smart he is how old how young i bet you that's where all these trolls you know like having these other accounts of just trolling like that's that's part of the the fun for kids is like i can fuck and be anonymous right right well i mean right you for all you guys know one of your biggest haters on instagram might be one of your kids just put your own kid kid. (laughs) you're gonna start to put this together every time over your head every time you discipline him like the next day you get this fucking crazy hate on Instagram all of a sudden. You little wow. dick, Sal. You're a little dick. Yeah, little yeah. dick. Someone makes you. Someone wow. makes a meme out of you. Yeah. Oh, the hell. Yeah, we'll 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 see about that. Just that punk. scares me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. A, you didn't think about that. That's have a terrible you? thought. Well, what scares me is that <laughs> when I start thinking about myself as a teen, as a teen, and I was a relatively good kid. So that's what really scares me. Is I was a really t- relatively good kid, but the shit yeah. that I used to do that my parents didn't know about was terrible yeah. right and i was a good kid if it, the, the bad kids did even worse shit uh-huh. so i think to myself like oh man and my parents i'm sure were fully fooled 
I'm sure they were completely. That's, of course, they thought right. like, "Oh, my kid, he's a good boy. So he doesn't your, do anything." Your, your boy, he, he your boy's smoke. twelve or thirteen. Thir- uh, thirteen. He's thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, this is the age. It's starting to kick in, right? <laughs> thirteen this to sixteen, age, man. Yeah. This is. I mean, I was running amok, and I'm like you. I'm in church three times a week. I'm a good kid. Like, yeah. I didn't have I didn't have sex. I didn't do drugs. So in, in my school, if you if you didn't have sex or you weren't doing drugs, you were a good kid. Mm-hmm. You were a goody goody. Mm-hmm. You know, I for sure. You did everything but yeah. sex, though. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But not till later. Didn't <laughs> like uh, every kind of butt sex. Soft stop. So, yeah, <laughs> sophomore year, sophomore year is when I. So before you were a so- yeah. how old were you when you made out with a girl for the first time? Sixth, seventh grade. Okay, well Ooh. that's normal. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah, was Justin fr- was in third grade. I think. Yeah, he said. I was. In- <laughs> it was a kiss. It wasn't a makeout. She was in third grade. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. Hey, I wasn't 18 yet. So, no. Did yeah. you? Oh, oh, oh yeah. I was just going with the joke. You, yeah. Now, didn't you say you like made out? Like, yeah, was, made out when you were like in fifth or something? It was like fourth grade. Yeah, it was actually fourth, fourth grade. grade? Fourth grade. Do you even but know how a, to make out? No, I didn't know what I was doing. It was a just, dare. Uh, it was kind of a dare, but I, I wanted to do it because I, I was attracted to the girl. Um, and uh, it was like this nerve wracking experience because it was like how you split and divide into two different camps, like her friends and then my friends, and they're trying to hype me up to mm-hmm. do it. And then uh, I was just like all this pressure. And then after uh, one of our classes and everybody's getting on the bus, like she was walking down that ramp from those trailer, you know, classes mm-hmm. and- She's like, okay. And we kind of like agreed that we were going to do it. It was like this whole formal thing. We were going to agree to do it. And then we started kissing. And then I was like, okay, let's let's see what's going on here. And it was cool. And then the teacher came out and was like, hey, 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 like broke us up. And then ended up like talking to her mom about it. And then like totally cock blocked. Did your (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 100%. The teacher cock. Yeah. Did your parents find out? They, I don't think they did. No, uh, uh-uh. mm. no, they didn't know. But they, what would they care? It was just like kissed. When I was twelve, because right around you're right, Adam. Right around twelve or thirteen mm-hmm. is when the shit starts to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. And when I was twelve, I went to Italy uh, to visit family. And now the kids over there, I remembered, were a, a good four or five years ahead in term because they, you know what it was. My family in Sicily, not well off at all. So we'll just say that they were, you know, poor. It's Sicily, and and the kids are just out. So when you're 12 in America, even when we were kids, you weren't really going out a whole lot by yourself. You kind of were, but not that much. Maybe the mall or whatever. In Sicily, you were out on the streets, and you were gone, and you could go out as late as you want, and everybody was cool with it. So I was going out with my cousins, and they were just the shit that they were showing me. And then when you go to the beach in Sicily... Sometimes women are topless. I had never seen a topless woman in my life. <laughs> like and I was 12 years explodes. old. Oh, and let yeah. me tell you, man, that's terrible. You have to stay in the ocean because you have a bathing suit on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh, dude, dude, there was this woman who was topless and she had her two kids with her, but she was obviously, it was boobs, you know, yeah, in real life. I've never seen boobs before. Yeah. yeah, and so, <laughs> so <laughs> you hit it right on yeah, the head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, when you see huge boobs for the first time, it's like, it's fucking mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was in the water and she's next to me and I'm like oh and then my mom's like sal come on we're gonna eat lunch come on in and i'm like oh shit i can't <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta stay in the water I'm swim a little bit longer i can't and the water's yeah. warm so it's not helping me yeah. <laughs> so it, was, it, was a bad, it was a bad situation dude i got i got i got a couple articles uh, i want to share with you guys it's kind of cool i had something to ask you if you Sweet. read the article on the opioid thing no what's going on yeah they had a <clears throat> they they actually raised i think it was like 10x 
Let me see. I wanted to. I wanted to ask you. I thought for sure you would have read this already by now. Some uh, drug company raised the price of the life-saving op- opioid overdose antidote more than six hundred percent. Really? Yeah. As the nation is struggling with a rising number of o- opioid op- opioid. Opioids. Yeah, help me out here. Opioids. I can't. Forget. I, think yeah, it's, yeah, no, I, I don't want to. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you know what it is? Opioid. You've trained us to just go with yeah. your pronunciation. Well, no. Now, now I'm. Now what happens it's now? Fucked up in your head. Yeah, you said it ten times. <laughs> I don't know if I can. That's it. Yeah, everybody knows the fuck Burned I'm trying opioid. to say. Yeah, yeah. opioid. Opioid. See, yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a weird word. It is a weird word. Opioid. Doesn't roll off the tongue. Anyway, kind of dorky. Opioid. Uh, yeah, they they increased the price of it by six hundred percent. How fucked up is that, dude? Well, right when we're in the, it's just a hustle. Yeah, it is. But you know, it's 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 at a. a It's because insurance companies will pay it. That's what it is. If if there was no insurance companies and people had to pay this shit, they wouldn't go. They wouldn't be able to sell it for for that much more. It's a it's a market, you know. So they're going to charge as much as they can, or as much as consumers are willing to pay. And if insurance covers it, well, that totally raises the price. Yeah. The point is, it's a dirty hustle, of yeah. course, and the government's involved with yeah. it. Oh yeah, is it true <laughs> that the past pharmaceutical companies had like two uh, lobbyists per like senator or like rep? Like, oh, bro, you know I mean? You have lobbyists in, in Washington. There's so well, it's many. Just like crazy, right? Like, Absolutely, they're, they're getting so much representation that they had like it was like a two to one ratio or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, well, like when they ban, you know, they try and make CBD illegal. Uh, but they'll allow pharmaceutical companies to sell uh, CBD. Yeah. Uh, but it's fully illegal, even though it's like one of the safest possible things that you can, you know, that you can take. There's like no, almost no way to overdose on it. Or that whole process infuriates. That was me. the whole lobbyist stuff. stuff. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. I got so I got one for you. That's a little. <laughs> I want to see what your guys's, what your guys' reaction is to this. So I'm just gonna read the title. Okay. Okay. And uh, and no, this is a. And by the way, I'm gonna preface this by saying, this is a real article. I'm not making this up. Okay. Uh, it's not from the onion or anything. No, 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 this is okay. real. All right. Lab grown mini brains <laughs> spontaneously produced human like brain waves for the first time. What? Mini brains? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so scientists took stem cells and created mini brains. These are basically neurons and stuff that are super primitive brains, but they're based off of human stem cells. And they measured that they're now producing human-like brain waves. <laughs> this is in the laboratory. So we're creating leprechauns now. Is that what's going on? <laughs> Bro, what the fuck is going on? Bro, what are we doing? We're, produ- we're producing little brains in the lab. <laughs> now, I know I know what it is. It's not a brain. It's like, right, it's, it's like, it's, me- like tissue. Yeah, but still, it's picking up brain waves. What if it's a consciousness? Like, what if oh. we just... What if this brain is what developed? A and it's creepy like, thought. And it's yeah. like, where am I? You know, and it's in a lab. Well, I heard and- somewhere else too that like it's already they've already had a successful trans head transplant with a monkey. They, where, where they take the actual head they, and move it to have, another yeah, monkey. Yeah, they have a head and put it on another body. Like that's already been a successful practice. What? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. How weird would that? I know, be? right? I don't think I didn't know that. I was like, what? Like Frankenstein like that's type shit? Crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. What if you what, that, that, that if you could transplant your head on someone else? Who would you do it with? It's <laughs> <laughs> logical question. Oh man, like the best athlete in the I'm world. I have to think about that one. Yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah. it'd be like the best the best athlete yeah, of all. Oh, totally, or Thor. Yeah. totally. Yeah, Justin would be Thor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. my wife already fantasized about him. Yeah, <laughs> might as well go all in. You know? I just need the hair, and I got his body. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. That'd be that'd be kind of weird. You wake up and you're in another body. Yeah. Oh, this is weird. 
weird. Yeah, ooh, look at there's this been, thing. There's been these weird... The, I've read these articles where people that's the future, will get... That's the future for fat people, dude. Right? What? Just get hella fat Head and change, change it out for a skinny one. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> you still have a fat face, ride, ride this fucking body almost to the grave and then be like, I'm out. Give me a new one. Yeah, yeah. Your, your face doesn't match. <laughs> I uh, I I've, oh, there's I, another one. I've read articles where they people have gotten mm. heart transplants and stuff, and yeah. then have had weird uh, like their personalities would change, or they've had almost like memories from the person whose heart they took. Right. I've heard have you that read too. about? Have you heard about this? Yes. How weird is that? Yeah. Because there's this theory that that cells store some type of memory or information and they've stressed too like with fascia that that's like people have have claimed that you, you know you store memories somehow within that tissue it kind kind of makes sense and then kind of and then the other guys, side of me is like get out of here have you guys ever know. heard of the movie shattered doug google shattered mm. it's an old fucking movie it's no what's around, it about? like a kid they I, the guy gets in a car accident and he wakes up from this coma and he's like he he thinks he's himself, but he's somebody else. They put somebody else's face, somebody else's face on him, and it's, and it fucks up all his memories. And he starts having like it's like Quantum Leap or what was that show? Oh, yeah. it's Pierce Brosnan, Bros oh. Brosman. Bros what, what year? What year is that? Two thousand seven. I thought it was older than that. Hmm. Bro, it's still eleven yeah, that's years old. old. That's, yeah. It's all, it's how old still, is that? It's all grainy. It's uh no, it's that's, it's got to be it's got to be something else. Maybe you're thinking of a different movie. Yeah, yeah. it's maybe it's a different name. You know, our formal someone will, someone. Oh, shattered nineteen ninety one. Ninety one. Yeah, click it's on like, that it's one. Old like that. Let's see. Yes. Oh, is that it right there? Yeah, that's it right there. Interesting. Let me. After a horrific car wreck leaves him an amnesiac, a man slowly begins to unravel his shocking past. I feel like that's the same plot in several movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where they yeah. wake up and they're like, "Well, this is—I mean, this is '91. This is one of the what first." What did I do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Put it on your list. <clears throat> Very cool. So uh, I, ha I have another article okay. to share with you guys. But on, along that like train of thought, though, there was another breakthrough in terms of like transplants. Uh -oh. So like facial transplant. Where you just get someone else's face? Yes. Yeah, I've seen that. Did you see that? Yeah. Now, now okay, but let's throw out. And speculate like how problematic that is. Think yeah. think about if you're the CIA or KGB or whatever, or you know somebody's you know like done something, and now they can just create, take your face and put it on somebody. Don't else. you? Don't you? Think oh wow, look at that! And we also there's, saw the John Travolta movie. There's whole articles on this. Can an organ transplant change a recipient's personality? Cell memory theory affirms yes. This is in Medical Daily. So this is actually something that they've what? studied, that you can actually, you know, gain some essence of the person from the body part or whatever that you've moved over. Yeah, this is fascinating. Like some kind of genetic uh, transfer yeah. there, and then you've got the weird uh, Illuminati's that are you know getting like the, the blood of young people to yeah. try get their youth. You know, oh, so that's right. Fucking yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Weird. So, We're doing do you think the future is going to be like where you just you can print on whatever face and body you want? I'm not happy with my nose. I'm not happy with my hair. I, I think, I, why would you do that when you could just plug into an, a, a re, another reality? You wouldn't even need to change anything. There's going to be this weird divide between organic and inorganic, right? Mm. At some point. It'll be like two gangs. Yeah. We're the no, organics. It's going to be the plugged or, and plugged or the in. the hybrid. It's going to be plugged and plugged in. Or the, right? genetically, and plugged in. the genetically modified versus the non. And you'd know right away because you'd see someone and you're like, well, you're kind of short and you have crooked teeth. You must be real, organic. Yeah. You must be non-GMO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know non-GMO. You know, yeah. so check this out. This is a this article blew me away, um, and it's an older article. So I, I I've never I didn't never heard of this before. But apparently, there's studies that show 
that baby boys and baby girls receive different nutrients in breast milk. Really? So, yeah, they found that if a mother has a girl, she'll the milk will be a little bit different, huh. and if she has a boy, it's a little bit different. How wild the is that? The human body is so complex. Yeah, that it's just the level of fat, proteins, vitamins, sugars, minerals, and hormones will vary depending on the sex of the uh, of the child. Wow. How, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because a, a growing male or a growing female are going to probably have different... Yeah, different hormones. Maybe different demands and yeah, stuff. Yeah, demands, yeah. But how, how rad is that? And yeah. that, you know, this is like... That's what we're just finding out now. And then we find out how important it's going to be for them to have that milk growing up. You know oh, well, I mean? we know that now. Right. We know it's very important. And, and so the reason why this is important is because scientists are now saying, okay, maybe we should create formula, you know, kind of like this, where oh, it's for boys and, and one that's for girls. You know, it's kind of interesting, right? Mm. I think what we're going to discover, too, is that, that the, the whole birthing process is important for the child and not just from a from a uh, like a what's it called microbiome standpoint and all that but literally from the, the Who, kind of hormones oh, isn't that are released. there yeah there's some uh i heard somewhere talking about how like even the pressure of going through the canal like helps to form uh the brain in some way too like more malleable or something i don't i don't i don't know i, I mean because there's there's all these different chemicals and hormones that are released that caught, that help with bonding. There's some studies that show that women that give have natural bi- childbirth have lower rates of postpartum, have uh, or easier time breastfeeding because these chemicals and stuff that are released during that process, obviously part of the evolutionary process, right? Who, that who are we just talking to that was talking about? I that, that was the first time I'd ever heard this. That I didn't even know that. Uh, the mother can produce the milk changes based off of when the feeding time is. So if it's like coming out at nighttime versus coming out. Oh, in the I didn't morning. know that. That's weird. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, to help the baby sleep at night. So there's like if you like more colostrum. So let's say you're let's so let's say you are uh, you know you you pump and you get out four or five bottles and you get it out in like the morning time mm-hmm. and you feed the baby at nighttime. A lot of times the baby will have a hard time sleeping. Oh shit, that makes sense. Yeah, it yeah. does make sense. Crazy, right? Everything yeah. we try to do that's opposite of. Natural. Nature, right? We it's, end up finding that's yeah. not the right. But way I to didn't. Do it. You, I thought you guys were with me when someone was was no, dropping we this uh-uh. dropping this on me. I never heard that yeah, before. That makes that perfect sense. It fucking sense. Because fascinating. Nighttime right? milk would probably help the baby sleep more, yeah. and the milk that you produce throughout the day, it's. I'm sure some of it's going to have more of some nutrients. Some of it will have less sure. nutrients. Yeah. You know, because the way it was in the past was uh, that <laughs> Doug says, "Give the baby gold juice." <laughs> 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 like, we need an organic that Raishi We need an organic commercial. Give, yeah. give that baby some fucking some gold, gold juice. juice. <laughs> don't give your no, baby right to bed. Don't give your baby gold juice. No. Although it's yeah. gold juice is good for adults. Yeah, that's a great organic commercial. Right there. Yeah, it's not, it's not for is so safe. You could give it to your baby, but we don't recommend. No, it. No, no, no. Yeah. This is it's for adults. It does make you fall asleep. By the way, that's a that, that is very true. Yeah, but I mean, the more you move away from nature, because. The way it was for most of human civilization, when a mother had a child, that baby was glued to her for a while. Like yeah. she would strap the baby. If you watch mother, modern hunter-gatherers, mm-hmm. they strap the baby on. All day and, long. All day long. And the mom works and does shit. And then the baby is close to the breast. So when the baby wants to, yeah. wants to eat, it just reaches up and eats. 
Right. You know? Which is, yeah, more ideal for the baby because then it's like when, it, when it's hungry, it just eats. Yeah. It is. How crazy is that, though? Yeah. That's pretty wild, dude. I'm glad you shared that with us. Five, yeah, that's cool. I thought you, I, for some reason, I thought it was, I thought you told me or it was somebody who was with no. all of us. Yeah. No, that makes perfect. I'm going to look There's that so up. I know even processes. There. I got my two, but it must have been my other best friends that, right? We were all together and they had the two kids they just yeah. had, right? So mm-hmm. I, they have a, a six month, a six month old and a three month old. So, of course, baby talk is all we talk about these yeah, days yeah, when yeah. we all get together. And so. That was some of the latest knowledge I heard. It must have been them that I heard it from them. You're going to be giving Katrina like creatine, you know, protein uh, powder. I, dude, I would be, I, I'm almost, I'm almost scared to be a father because of all the information that I have in my brain it's now. too much. It's too, it's almost too much, right? Yeah, to where I almost shut it off. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, can, I, I think that would be, you know, I'm grateful for it. I would never take it back. I'm, you know, yeah. but there's, de- I know I'm already prepared for the the negative side of it, right? Yeah. Of like, it would, co- it's going to cause me, I already catch myself with it, like talking to Katrina about certain things. Are you going to be one of those weird parents? We're going to come to your house and it's going to be like, uh, you know, don't be a helicopter. Turn off parent. your phone, please. I'll never uh, forgive you. Yeah. Can you wash your hands? <laughs> Put on a hairnet. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why is your whole house covered in foam? Oh, it's safe. We don't want that. But don't right. worry, it's organic foam. Made it's from, organic foam. Yeah, from yeah. natural latex. Uh, so, they, so if they lick it, they'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. they'll be fine. It's yeah. edible. No you problem. Know? It'll be you'll be one of those weird parents. Yeah. No, it's um, it definitely can scare the shit out of you. But it's funny because one generation ago, people were smoking while they were pregnant, and oh my you know God. what I mean, drinking and. Yeah. My my cousin, my older cousin, got delivered in Sicily, um, and uh, the the doctor literally put his cigarette down to pull the baby out. <laughs> yeah, that's a true story. That's so old school. That's a true story. That's wow. so crazy. Yeah, he's like smoking. She tells a story because she cracks up because she's like, yeah, he was smoking. He puts the cigarette down in the ashtray. Oh, baby's coming. Pull the baby. Out. <laughs> Yep. It's crazy to think different that. times, man. So crazy yeah, to think yeah. of that. Was yeah. it, I think of like the airplanes and shit, dude. Did you mention being on a plane and like the whole plane smoking? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, oh, just hor- horrific. Yep. Just a cloud, right? I, go- dude, just being in Chicago when I first got there, like they hadn't really cracked down on the whole smoking in in restaurants and like bars and all that, and so that. I just remember being like, oh, my God, like I couldn't breathe. Like It just affected me so much just being around that shit. What I find hilarious, though, is how how fast public perception will change, but then it's also not – like, and here's an example. Like, if you're walking down the street in San Jose or San Francisco and you're smoking a cigarette, you're going to get dirty looks as you walk by people, right? Yeah. People are going to look at you like, oh, put that away. Like, go smoke somewhere. You walk by people smoking a joint, nobody's going to say anything to you. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's cool. That's now. 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 Yeah, now. How, yeah. how funny is that? that was, 10 years ago, it wasn't like that. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Yeah, 10 yeah. years ago, it wasn't like that no. at all. No, you, people would be like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, but how funny is that? You know, it's so different now. I, it's, it is. And we got to remember, too, for here, it's uh, it's probably not like that still in a lot of places. Someone's listening right now going, like, it's definitely oh, yeah. not like that over here. Like, yeah, it's, there's it's, lots of stigma. Yeah, because I there. remember when, it, when I was first getting into the, the cannabis clubs and I became really comfortable around it. That I would be, I would open, I would smoke in public, and people would be with me, and they'd be like, "What are you doing? Yeah. Like, why? Well, you know, I just had a dinner. I want to take a, two little puffs of this. What's the big deal? <laughs> like, yeah. well, we're out in pub, we're out yeah. outside in pub. I'm like, so was someone gonna see you me? Can or, smell it? I get arrest, arrested for a joint? Like, that's not gonna happen right now. Like, they ain't got better things to do. Did, but did you know? Speaking of which, did you know Mexico? If I'm not mistaken, their Supreme Court essentially legalized uh, marijuana. Over there, Mexico. So I guess there was a case that went to the Supreme Court. Maybe Doug can look this up. And now Mexico has essentially decriminalized uh, marijuana, and I guess they're on the path towards wow recreational legalization. What's that going to do to all the cartels? Well, you've got Mexico. Well, they're, they're, they they bring their drugs over here, but you have right. Mexico, which I think is now moving towards that. Canada just recreationally legalized it. Yep. 
So we're now surrounded, right? You got the north and the south. Yeah. So we're next. Yeah. Dude, it's tar- taking us so long. You, do you guys see that judge? That I saw this on Huffington Post. or Huff- well, Yeah, it was Huffington Post. I think I read this on. There, It just went up yesterday, yesterday or today. Uh, the the judge that got arrested, he originally got arrested for, for beating his wife. And then a year later, get, he's being arrested like today uh, because she was murdered. And he what? tried to flee the scene. Yeah, Google ju- judge uh, judge attempts murder or murder's wife. See what pops right up. I'm sure it'll come right up. As it's it, is this a is a this judge. like a local uh, state judge or I, that I don't know. Like, see, I don't, the article didn't. I don't think the article said uh, where where he was. That's crazy. Would yeah. you? Would yeah, you, Ohio would you, judge arrested in connection with uh, death. Yeah, it's, he's a yeah yeah. It's he's a day. county judge. That's crazy. It's isn't it weird how some people could be so successful and intelligent, but then be so dysfunctional. That's why I brought it up. You were talking yeah. about court and these people. And I think, man, that w- I saw that article, and to me, it wasn't newsworthy to talk about. But because you said that, I'm just thinking. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, that's so crazy to me. How someone could get that far up our chain of yeah, someone who makes decisions over people's lives. That's a good. That's a good point. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, how how does somebody of that character make it that way? Because you know, yeah. I don't there know. Had the to be signs along the way, right? Well, yeah, he was already. Well, he was obviously. I'm sure he was thrown off once he got arrested yeah, for beating, his, beating his wife, and, and, and he beat him in front of his kids and shit. And that's how they. That's how he got coward. Busted. Yeah, just uh, coward. But how did, how does someone get into that big? That's a huge role. Like yeah. you know, like being a judge. Like you've been. You've been doing a lot of shit in the system for a long time before you make it to that level, right? I mean, it's, you don't just get appointed a judge you, you, out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. That's a good point. I think it, it, it might highlight uh, a little bit of a fallacy that if somebody is successful in, in one realm, we automatically assume that they're really good, successful, smart, you know, balanced people. Like, this mm. happens with celebrities all the time. Yeah. You'll ask somebody about a celebrity... You know, like, hey, what do you think of, you know, Will Ferrell? Or what do you think of whoever? Oh, fucking love that guy. Such a great guy. As if they know him and as if he's, you know, going to be intelligent and a yeah, lot but, of other and, things. And, yeah, but behind closed doors, he's like some asshole or some shit. Could, right? right, right. You know, addicted yeah. to drugs and totally dysfunctional or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, kind of- To be honest, that that, when you talk about celebrities, it's, in my experience, and again, of course, this is just my own personal experience. Somebody else could have had a different one. It's more often than not that. It's more often that they are they were super talented, whether it be musically or you know acting or something like that. That's made them or an artist that's mm-hmm. made them just extra special in that area. But then they're dysfunctional in other parts of their life. And normally, it's it's just weird how we balance out as humans like that. Sometimes you know mm-hmm. where you just if you're super brilliant, then you're like super socially awkward. Or it's like it's yeah. rare that you meet like this brilliant charismatic. And when we see that, we see companies like Apple happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you when you see brilliance and someone with well, it's almost it's, like it's, you have only so many resources and you have to allocate them, you know, accordingly. So if you're like going to be the best, you have to like take away. It from points other. to the video game thing that yeah. we always talk about. Yeah, like this, totally the bars. Yes, and, like the speculating, like we're in this simulated thing yeah. and we're a video game, and it's like, okay, Adam, you have intelligence, right. you have work ethic, you have this, yeah, you have yeah. artistry, you have athleticism. Yeah, where are you, you going to allocate yeah, your points? Yeah, you have a hundred points. Where are you going to put them? You know what I'm saying? Like but, yeah. and before the game super starts, super asthmatic. Yeah, you know, you're and, like, and really lethargic and somebody goes fuck I'm going all in on artistry yeah I'm going all in on yeah. athletic and then they're yeah. just fucking shit everywhere yeah. else yeah. you know it makes you wonder it, it, it's it, gonna be a lot of times of darkness well you know high intelligence is correlated with uh, with mental illness we've known that for a little while and when you look at for example when you look at uh, the, the two genders male and female 
men make up a, a, a disproportionate percentage of people on either end of the spectrum, both uh, the the super high achievers, but also the fucking crazy lunatic. Oh, you're tilting on the edge. Uh, you're right it, on the edge. I think I, th- I think what it is is average is safe, mm-hmm. and going outside of average, it's kind of like you could be super smart, super intelligent, or you could fucking we could yeah. you know we could fuck up and be super crazy. Your deficiencies get highlighted a lot mm-hmm. more. Well, yeah. don't don't you think like part of what part of brilliance is this like almost manic side of you about something like that's i think so like i when people when people are brilliant they're rarely just like gifted in that what what's caused that brilliance is the restlessness in their brain hyper focused yes the mm-hmm. restlessness in their brain about a subject a topic a a sport it could be anything like that yep. but you're obsessive about it to the point to where it's probably mm-hmm. not very beneficial in a lot of many other aspects of your life but it has and it's funny that uh that we all naturally aspire to that yeah isn't that isn't that fascinating well, to you we, like like we we, we really do like well we, we value it because it's important it's important for society i mean it's the brilliant people that make the breakthroughs it's the brilliant people that do the you know do the things that really transform societies in, in positive ways it's also the it's almost like they they sacrifice their life for yeah. the greater good of humanity right yeah, yeah. it's like you spent your whole life obsessing over getting to space you know, which has served us as as all of us, all of us as humans, as a race, right? But you have, it's crazy to think how much we... Well, how much torment a lot of those people yes. have. A lot of them are very, very tormented. When I so watch... That's what I mean. They're, like, they're sacrificing for us. When I watched that docu- the interview with uh, Rogan and uh, Elon Musk, mm-hmm. there were there were moments where he's kind of saying, like, you don't want to be in my head. You know, and I almost feel like, oh, this guy's a little bit tormented. Yeah. He, he probably doesn't sleep much, probably doesn't see his family that often and he can't shut off mm-hmm. and that's got to be that's got to be torment there's probably a longing too he has to be a little more balanced exactly you exactly know, so this quaz brought to you by organify for those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition organify fills the gap with laboratory tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge try organify totally risk-free for 60 days by going to organifi.com that's o-r-g-a-n-i-f-i.com and use the coupon code mind pump for 20 percent off at checkout first question is from prime and glory what is the furthest you have regressed a client for a particular movement such as a squat or overhead press? Would having them perform movements in a pool be beneficial to those with extreme limitations? Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you have access to it. Pools are great if you have access to them. Have yeah. you guys ever trained somebody in a yeah. pool? I've never uh, done it. I've I never have. trained somebody in the pool, but I've trained for uh, speed uh, using the pool. Really? Mm. I, that's You guys never... Well, I guess... No, well, because... You, you ran a super sport, so I would think you would... We had we had always... Every gym... But what a pain in the ass is why I never did. Because yeah, you got to go get is, your bathing suit on. It, that's a gotta, commitment. Oh, no. Sure. So what I would do... So I ha- I would train outside of the pool, but they would be inside the pool. Oh, and so I would oh. perform the movement and have, the, have them do things in there. May, obviously, not, it would be more ideal for me to be in the pool with them, but mm. the way I did it was, it was like an early morning client, and typically like the five or six a.m. person I could do that with when the pool was almost dead, mm-hmm. and then I could go in there and I could have them do certain exercises. Yeah, no, it's a what a great resource, uh, especially somebody who's had like a major injury and they mm-hmm. just they're just coming. That's like, a great place to rehab yeah. people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing I love most about resistance training is its versatility. I can yeah. I can modify it. There's pretty much an indefinite indefinite amount of ways that I could modify resistance training for people. I mean, I've worked with I've worked with people who have been partially paralyzed and had major injuries. I've, I've worked with some of the worst 
mobility issues you could imagine. Yeah. And it's it's literally, you know, I had a client once who, you know, had just had suffered a stroke, actually a relatively young man who's in his 30s. And the some of our workouts consisted of him sitting in a chair mm-hmm. and me having a balloon and I'd throw the balloon at him and he'd pop it over with one hand and then he'd pop it over with the other hand. And we're just training hand-eye coordination and just training movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it where I'll have a client sit in a, on a bench or in a chair and all they're doing is lifting one knee off the floor yeah. and then putting mm-hmm. it down and then lifting the other knee off the floor. I mean, you can regress somebody as far as you need to, yeah. really. You can even have somebody sit in a bench, sit on a bench and just push down on the floor without lifting themselves. Just activate the muscles that help them stand up. Yeah. Um, and well, I, I, I've sat people on a stability, just sitting them on a stability ball mm-hmm. and then having them make circles with their hips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of endless things that I can think of that we you could do. I think well, that arm bike too. I used to have this uh, client that had that had MS. Like just every little tiny movement mattered. Yeah. What was the name of that bike by the arm bike? It was a um um, I can't remember. I forget, it. but I loved it for yeah, rehabilitative. It was clients. Cool. yeah, it was it was it was designed for wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know why I used to use it? I used to use it for myself because I saw the fucking Russian use it in Rocky Four. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they, they, I thought it was simulating like hitting a punching bag. So oh, like, cool. I see. I used to use it to wag shoulders every once. Did you really? Yeah. But yeah, you could. I mean, I think it. Here's the thing: if I ever had to ask, or I was like, if I had a client that just hired hired me, and I'm looking at him or her, and I'm like. Yeah, I don't know what they could what they could possibly do. I go as far back as I need to. I'd, I'd always rather lean on the side of like this is safe. They can do this, you know. Before yeah. I would try something like handing them dumbbells or a barbell mm-hmm. or doing something like that. And yeah, no, I've had yeah. lots of clients like you're saying, Sal. I've had clients. The whole entire session was like me just having her get up and down from a chair. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, and me holding yeah, her. The hand. point She's, is, you can always do something. Yeah. Like if if they got to the gym like you can do something with them and it's going to make a difference yeah they, they mentioned squat and overhead press i'll give you a good one for overhead press because that's a that was a towards the end of my personal training career i started training a lot of uh people in advanced age it was just something i enjoyed doing um i got a lot of challenge out of it and i also got a lot of reward out of it and one of the the form one of the the mobility issues that become common as people age especially deconditioned individuals is their inability to reach up above their head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would focus on this, not just because it's an important you know, function of the shoulder joint, but because it's an important daily movement. Skill. It's a daily skill. Like if you're 75 years old and you lose the ability to really reach above your head, well, now you've lost the yeah. top two shelves in your kitchen. And you're dependent on somebody else to get things for you. You have a tough time putting on your shirt and you can't. And so that was always something that I would focus on because I'd say, okay, well, you need to be able to reach up above your head, just like you need to be able to walk and sit down and get up by yourself. Yeah. And so one thing that I would do, and here's a great regression, is first off, you want to test and see if there's any limitations in mobility because of the uh, because of pain uh, or impingement or actual joint problems. And so all you do is you take the person's arm while they're sitting down, and what I would do is I'd sit down, I'd stand behind them, and I'd place my hip on their back to give them support. Because what'll happen when you pull their arm up is they're going to try and lean back just because they don't have the mobility. So I'd place my hip against their back so they have something to lean up against. I'd take their arm, I'd tell them to relax, and then I'd see if I could stretch their arm up above their head. If I could do that relatively well, or if it was just a little tight because muscles were tight, then I knew that, okay, we, can, we could totally work with the strength. We could really try and build strength 
to improve this person's mobility. If I move the arm up and then they like, oh, it hurts my shoulder, then I know that there's something else I'm dealing with. But more often than not, it wouldn't hurt them. They were just tight. And I, and, and if they were relaxed, I was able to get the arm up above their head, but they wouldn't be able to do it on their own. They just couldn't do it. So here's a great regression for somebody with that kind of an issue. I'd grab a broomstick. I'd have them hold on with both, arm, with both arms in front of them. Then I'd grab the ends of the broomstick and I'd pull it up above their head so they kind of hang on to the stick. And I would have them pull down just a little bit. That downward pull actually opens up the shoulder joint a little bit. Mm. Then I'd hold it at the top and then I'd say, okay, now what I want you to do is try and hold your arms up here and let go of the stick. And then they'd let go of the stick and all of a sudden they'd be able to create some tension in a portion of range of motion they didn't have before. Now, I did a lot of these things when, when we were training. But it, with the knowledge that I have now, if I were to go back and I think almost everybody that I can think of that I did all these kind of real basic moves with, I could almost live in Prime Pro. Yeah. Dude, At, just cars for each one of these joints. Right. I, I, think, I think that right there is one of the most beneficial things that you can do with a majority of people when you first get them. And that's a majority. Very few people, I think, should not at least start in that, in that area. And so if I was just – if I was starting training today and I had all the, the knowledge from my, my past experiences and the certification stuff that we've been through now – Almost everybody, in my opinion, would fit the category of, oh, if I have to really regress this person, what we're going to do is we're just going to look at every major joint in the body mm -hmm. and we're going to try and get them reconnected and that that operating correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, too, like, you know, using tools, uh, you know, very helpful still to kind of provide that kind of a feedback. So, like, I would use sticks and I would use, you know, cable machine and, and props and things to be able to get them into a range that they saw, oh, well, I can get here. So it's almost like uh, it builds a belief system. And then once you get that belief system, we go and we work on, you know, like uh, attaching yourself to that. And so to, to do what Sal said, though, as far as like having them, you know, let go, but now squeezing and trying to maintain that, that range of motion, that's everything. That's all part of that, uh, you know, intrinsic mm -hmm. uh, force production. Here's an easy regression for squats for somebody who has really bad uh, mobility or strength issues. Uh, easy one is to teach them how to sit down and stand up. And first you can have them use uh, their hands as support. And then you can progress them to being able to sit down and stand up without holding on to something. And then from there, physio ball squats with the ball up against the wall. Very basic, easy movement. You could do short ranges of motion at first yeah. and little by little increase the ranges of motion. They're leaning up against the physio ball. The physio ball is kind of in the small of their back. Their feet are away from it. And you can stand next to them to, to Again, support them. One of the best props, right? Because now you can guide their spine where you want it and to go down in that certain angle. So it's a very helpful feedback. So they get that immediate feedback of what they're doing. One thing that never ceased to amaze me, every, every single time I trained somebody uh, over the 20 years that I trained clients where they had lots of limitations, never ceased to amaze me how much they would change and improve. It was always mind-blowing every yeah. single time where I'd look at this person who six months ago, you know, was was walking with a cane or couldn't reach above their head or couldn't sit down without assistance is now doing full range of motion physio ball squats against the wall. I mean, I would see stuff like that all the time. It's it, Now, on a day-to-day -day basis, it's a slow progression. Mm -hmm. But when you would look at it over six months or a year, it got to the point where I would take pictures or I would uh, take video or I'd write things down because then I'd tell the client, Hey, um, you, you remember six months ago 
you could barely lift your arm up above their head. And sometimes they wouldn't even believe me. Oh, like, yeah. oh no, I was able to reach up above, above my head. And I'd show them the video and be like, watch this. No, one thing it I would know trip them out. in terms of squat that I would do if I was to go back and, and just start immediately doing this instead uh, to regress would be to elevate the heels substantially. Um, and to, to, to provide one of those half foam rolls underneath, which is, I've been doing actually with clients, like uh, where knees are an issue, you know, mm-hmm. hips are an issue. Like there's, there's just limitations that are already there, but to have them see that immediately, this is one thing, you know, because of your ankles, like this is one of those things that this is the limitation and mm-hmm. see now it, there's no, there's no pain. Whoa. There's no restriction. Like that's an immediate, like, aha for them. So. Yeah. There's, there's a lot you can do. Um, even when people are injured, I, I mean, I remember when I dislocated my kneecap, uh, when I was 13, really bad. And I had to wear this straight leg brace um, for a while. And then after that, I wore this knee brace with the hinges on either side. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Uh-huh. And, you know, I would go to school and I'd wear this fucking knee brace. And luckily, the style was big baggy pants. Dude. <clears throat> but it, it was like it never felt stable. Never felt stable. I would do the physical therapy exercises, which helped a little bit. And finally, one day I got fed up. And I went to the gym because I was already working out my upper body. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to. Just do some leg press. I'm going to do some weight. Even though they, they told me not to, I'm going to do some weight and I'm just going to be very careful. Within a matter of weeks, mm-hmm. my leg was almost back to normal. Yeah. Weeks. Yeah. It was like, I remember as a 13-year-old being like, people need to know about this. <laughs> you know, Movement is therapy. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes that big of a difference. Same thing with my shoulder surgery. It was supposed to take me three months before I could lift weights like I was before. Within six weeks, I was doing it. Yeah. I've seen this time and time again with clients. Doesn't matter their age, uh, the, the the progression. But the key is you have to. I think what Adam, what you said earlier, is is something we we don't want to skimp over, which is it's 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 better to start to go too easy than it is to go too hard. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. err on the side of safety and ease when you're dealing with someone with yeah, mobility 100%. issues. I would literally take like this person. If we're talking about squatting or hard pressing, it would they I would be ninety ninety and reach roll lift. Mm-hmm. Those those movements because. Reach, roll, lift. Even somebody who's 80 years old can't get the. She can walk herself down into that position to where using the floor to guide her to get her hands with it. And then all you're trying to do is get her to lift those those arms up in that that elevated position with the hands above the head. And if you need to, you can assist them and and then then have them hold. Yeah, have try and hold it one at a time. Yeah, Yeah. one exactly. Just waking that all up in there and making sure that he or she can even do that. And then the, and then ninety ninety and the goal would be to get to a ninety nine. Now I might have to use yoga blocks because somebody may be that deconditioned that they can't even get into a ninety ninety. Which that right there is super obvious to me that if she he or she can't even get into a ninety ninety, then fuck. Okay, well I'll, I definitely shouldn't be loading them with a squat. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's stay live there and get them working in that area. That's you'll get progress from that. Exactly. I know they're not going to get a burn. They're not going to get a huge sweat from it. Although, I'll tell you what, if you do the prime pro movements right with good intent, it's a it's a workout. Of course. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It, it, you, it, get, you get a good sweat in going. In fact, too. you should go into it with that because it is an intensity-based thing. We we want the intent is to be intense and connect that way. So mm. uh, it could actually be an incredible workout for a lot of people. All right. Next question is from Ian Murley92. From the first half to the second half of your careers, what was the biggest change in how you train clients 
that made the biggest difference. Oh, easy. This is easy for me. There's a lot of changes I made, by the way. I want to be clear. It wasn't one change. <laughs> I made a lot of changes from the early days of my personal training career towards the, towards the end. But one of the biggest ones was that when I first started training people, it was all about getting them sore and making them sweat a lot. It was like, I'm going to make this person have my idea of a great workout was a hard workout. And so when I'd get clients, it was about, I'm going to make you sore. I'm going to make you feel this. You're going to feel all your muscles ache. You're going to sweat. My job is to motivate you and make you pumped up and excited. And that's what I thought was good training. The second half of my career, I realized that that was not only a less effective approach, but it was an entirely ineffective approach. Um, I realized that intent was more important and that I needed to train people appropriately, not just because you can hurt them or not just because it's too hard, but really because the body actually responds better and faster. They get better and faster results if I train them appropriately. So so I'll give you an example of what a workout would look like in the first half of my career versus the second half. So let's say I got a new client and this is like year one as a personal trainer. And this person's coming to me and they're like, you know, I want to lose weight and I want to get in shape. And I'm like, what part of the body's, you know, what, what part of your body do you want to focus on? And you know, let's say it's a female and she's like, oh, it's my legs. I really want to work on my legs. And she has no history of exercise. Here's what the first workout would look like. Lunges, leg press, leg curls, leg extension, some kind of a jump squat, and then it'd have them do some some crazy shit on, on an elliptical or something with sprints. <laughs> so, I'm not even exaggerating. No, it's a yeah, total no. workout. 100. Sure. Like, oh, you oh, pretty legs? sure I wrote that. Yeah, workout. oh, legs is your is your target. No problem. I'm gonna fuck you oh, up. I got right? some legs for you. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what <laughs> she's I would gonna do. know. I worked yeah. her legs. Yeah. 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 Now here's what it would look like second time around. Listen, legs are done. Here's what it would look like if I trained the person after about five, six, seven years or ten years of training <laughs> someone. They'd come in, same goal, same everything. It'd be an assessment. Correctional exercise, 90-90. We may do one leg exercise, but really it's going to be at like super moderate intensity. I'm going to throw in some stuff for her posture. I'm going to throw in a few things for her core just to activate. And then she's going to leave and she's probably going to say something like, uh, you know, I really don't feel My like I worked out. My legs weren't really sore. Yeah, I really don't feel like I worked out that hard. And then I have to explain what's going on. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Uh, totally yeah. and completely different. Yeah, I think for me, like it, it was assuming that people could do all these things, you know, but I just had to coach him better on it. Like I had to just give him better coaching cues and like work my way through these movements as they were, uh, you know, performing them. <laughs> what a fucking disaster that was like, just trying to see all like, that's where it was really eye opening to me. I'm like, Oh my God, what are you doing with? Like, I would get mad at them. Like, what are you doing with your arm? You're like, why is it going this way? Like, what are your knees? Like, no, keep them straight. And like trying to like, hold their knees together, you know, and like, like trying to like, it was all reactive, you, you know? know, being somebody who's managed so many trainers, like that's such a common reaction to all my athlete trainers. Yes. Because I was that guy, because you have been in the athletic world since you were a kid and you, you, you've picked up mechanics and form and technique and you're around other athletes who have the same thing. Then all of a sudden you get this grown ass man or woman and they can't fucking squat. And you're like, what the fuck? It just baffled me. I'm like, what well, am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> yeah. Like we have, we have months to train still, you know, yeah. like, uh, so I'm telling you to keep your elbow in and it's out. <laughs> yeah, it's out. Yeah. I'm telling I mean, you what do you, you understand. Do. Did, yeah. did you understand that I said that? Yeah. You know, like you get like mad at them. And then you're showing them. Like, yeah. I'm this like, is no, what it's like supposed this. to look like. hundred percent. And that was half of my training was like, I was always demonstrating like every <laughs> single time I'm demonstrating what, like, 
guarantee there's still trainers out there like that. They're just like, wait, hold on. This is how you do it. And it's like, like they're trying to mirror that to them. Like that fucking works, (laughs) you know? So anyway, so my new approach, like later on, once I got smarter and realized like, oh my God, okay. Like you have to really understand like what, where they're at and like, how do we find all this information? So you have to really do a diligent job of assessing and, and, and gathering all this information ahead of time. Same thing with nutrition. You know, I was like terrible about just, okay, well, I'm going to determine everything you're doing. You know, yeah. you're going to be eating this. You're going to do this. I'm going to throw away all your shit. Oh you God, know, I'm going to put one. my shit in there. Oh, I used to go, there was special clients. You signed up for like six months or a year with me. Oh, I did the same. I'd I go to their house. Yep. Yeah. I've been to their, I'd go to their house, same clean thing. their cupboards out, do all that shit. That would, that's, I wasn't going to say that one, but that is actually another, I totally forgot about that. another major game changer for me was I wrote diets the first half of my career. Meal plans. Yeah. Like, wrote meal this plans. is what you're going to eat. Yeah. You yeah. eat this every we were fucking conditioned day. to think like that. Yeah. Man. Or go in your car, go in your, go in your house and I would throw everything in the garbage and start all over. That, that definitely, uh, was the first half. The back half, I began to ask them to track and be normal and eat what you're eating. Let me see it. And from there, I coached. And that was a game changer. Game changer to help people that way. And it was, and they they adhere to it better because you're not like, well, you're not taking somebody it's who's sustainable, who never had tuna out of the can and never did, you know, <laughs> eggs in the morning and like all of a sudden asking them to do that. Like that person was eating ego <laughs> waffles and never ate they're tuna. Like, Ugh, they're like begrudgingly <laughs> yeah, like eating this. And food, they're asking you know? themselves already, like, <laughs> Can I do this for Bro, six weeks? What about the, I what, paid this guy uh, for six weeks. What about the early I meal plans? peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, I, was like, gonna, yeah. I was just going to say, what about the early meal plans you would write? Where I would try and just match. Like, like peanut butter and rice cakes? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, I, I would do stuff like that where I'd be like, oh, we need more fat. I'll just throw in some olive oil. I'll just throw, and yeah. people be like, yeah, I don't want to eat four like, tablespoons. This is, a of- weird, <laughs> this is a weird meal. Yeah, I'm not, you know, but you're trying to get the macros to fit. And yeah, and you're like, I don't want to eat four tablespoons of peanut butter and a chicken breast. So that was not making sense. That was a big game changer. The other one was I'm like with, I'm like you, Sal. The the overuse of intensity was the the biggest game changer. And the front half of my career, I, it was about six, seven, getting as many days in the gym, blasting you like that as much as I possibly can. The back half of my career, and it was crazy when I put this together because also in the front half, I would make fun of a trainer that would probably talk like this, where I was asking the client, I only wanted them training like three days a week splitting their their bodies up now telling them i don't want any of this high intensity work i want them to do steps steps was a game changer for me managing to people's steps like when the when the the wearables came out and back then it was body bugs like it just made me such a better trainer because mm-hmm. now i could peer into the other the other You're 16. considering their lifestyle now. right like now i'm exactly i'm looking at cuz and there's such a huge variance some clients are fucking lazy as shit. They never break 2,000 steps a day or they are always in cars in front of desks because of that. Or the other extreme where I've had people that are just maniacs. They walk and move all over and like the way you approach those two people is completely different, right? Mm -hmm. And they're also going to be in different places metabolism-wise because of that. So that that gave me a whole new perspective that I never took into consideration in the front half of my career. And so now instead of putting so much energy and focus on the 60 minutes that I had them and I was going to crush them for their workout, I actually began focusing on their movement and activity outside of seeing me. And what was great was it was so easy. It's like just by telling them, hey, this week I want you to get X amount of steps. Make sure you never have less than this many days. Go for a walk if you have to. Walk at lunch. And like, and then 
what people don't realize is that's you know week over week over week I'm in a in, I'm I'm creating a caloric deficit so I'm not even really having to manipulate their food very much I'm not having to increase their intensity in their training very much I'm just getting them to add these walks in through their week and they're starting to drop mm-hmm. pounds of fat and they're loving you like you're this magician but it's like I just have taught them they need to be more aware of their movement during the week. Yeah, one of the other changes early on was uh, a lot of machines. I'd get a new client, oh, and, yeah. and we would go from machine to machine to machine. We're going to do chest here. We're going to do back here. Yeah. We're going to do shoulders here. Oh, legs. And some workouts were entirely made up of machines. The, oh, the only people I'd have them use, would use free weights would be the people really interested in building muscle who are maybe younger and, and you know wanted to, you know, especially the guys or whatever. Yeah. But it was a lot of machines. The back half of my career, no machines, ever. Almost never would I use a machine. In fact, my, my personal training studio, the only machine that I had were cables. Yeah. And everything we did in there involved either free weights or your body or a stick or bands, and that was it. And we were far more successful in terms of getting people you know, good results and getting people's bodies to feel better and progress. That was a huge one for me. I remember when I got my studio and, and I was thinking, you know, my, my partner at the time was like, do you, know, you want to buy any machines? I'm like, for what? Yeah. There's really no use for them whatsoever. Next question is from Red Bell Review. What are your best strategies for accountability for someone who isn't naturally self-disciplined? Cattle prod. Yeah. <laughs> Cattle prod. Right? Ah, yeah. when, when, from a personal trainer standpoint for clients, and then I can give you what I, I, I guess I'd, well, I actually can extend this to myself and to everyone else, but hmm. what I figured out a long time ago as a personal trainer was most people are not fitness fanatics and most people will never become fitness fanatics. Yeah. So we're going to talk about accountability in, in, in the context of fitness. Um, and and it, that was a realization for me. Like, okay, most people are never going to just love to work out all the time like I do. It's just not going to happen. The people that do are already in the gym working out all the time or work in fitness. Most people aren't going to do that. And so I realized I need to make uh, this session or every session that this person comes in enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that was the workout. Part of it was the, they're, they're, they're getting good results and they're feeling good. And the other part of it, and I hate to say it, I, you know, clients, I had, I had clients that would show up because they like to hang out with me. Yeah. And then we'd work out. You know, while they would come in. And that kept people very accountable because mm-hmm. people would show up because they would look forward. You know, it's it's really no different than when you were a kid and you had classes and then there, there was that one teacher yeah. that you really liked to fucking listen to and whatever, and they made whatever subject really fun. And so kind of default, you learned a lot uh, of that subject. I think that's the most effective in in terms of my own understanding as well and go through the process of trying to keep clients motivated, accountable. And, um, you know, you get swept into this whole momentum side of it. Well, oh, well, they're so like motivated right now and let's, let's, let's get it in as much as possible. And then you just pour all this stuff on them at once. And, um, yeah, the most effective thing that once I started realizing that uh, you know, I'm not feeding into that momentum of, oh my God, I want to get, I'm going to get rid of this 10 pounds and I'm going to do this. And I just, okay, you know, that's great. Uh, but it was all just about the consistency. It was about, I will see you tomorrow. And it's like the expectation of I'm here, you know, you're going to be here and you know, we're gonna have a good time. And it's, it's, it's an environment that's inviting and it's not like we're focusing on like hammering this fat off or whatever. This, this was the difference between, training clients for 
you know, when I first became a trainer, I'd have clients that would stay with me for three months, six months, sometimes a year. A year was a long time when I first became a trainer. If you had a client that stayed with you for a year or longer or two years, my God, everybody was like, that's crazy. Yeah. Towards the end of my career, my average client was with me for eight years plus, And I had many clients that had been with me for more than 10 years. And the big difference was that enjoyment. They would come in and they'd love to be, to meet with me and to, and to do these things. And that was a big part of it. And if you think about this for yourself, and this is what, where we can extend this to everything else, if you can find something about the thing you're trying to become accountable towards, if you can find something about it that's enjoyable, you know, revolve your perception around that. Like if you can find something about your job enjoyable or something about the chores around the house enjoyable or something about the workout that you're doing enjoyable and focus on that, you're going to probably want to do it. I mean, it's a goal, it's a goal setting issue. Almost every time I have I have something like this with a client and with myself personally, it's a goal setting issue. I'm setting my goal too high, too far. And nobody, it takes an incredible amount of self-discipline to say, I'm going to do something like become a millionaire or get down to 3% body fat. That could take a fucking long time. That takes a hard, that's a, it takes a lot of discipline. If you're somebody who thinks you don't have self-discipline, maybe the reason why you feel that way is because you set a goal that's it. That's going to take some serious consistency and time before you reach it. Don't set a goal that high. Start off with, I want to eat well for five days. You know, I want to make it to the gym three times this week. Like set really small obtainable goals so you're always winning. That I think that's where people have a tough time is they set a big massive goal. I want to lose 50 pounds. And then they start on that journey. Well, that's a fucking six month to a year long journey. And it, and there's and when you get depressed and down and a hard day, whatever, or you see a scale go up for some reason, that really fucks with a lot of people. And then it may make them feel like they don't have self-discipline, so they have to quit. Mm. But more often than not, it's because you're setting your sights too high. And I know that's because of the message that we've been given for so long. You know, shoot for the stars, land on the moon. It's like, no, fuck that. Like, literally just get out the door. Get head in the right set a go, Set your goals, like, obtainable so that you're crushing goals week over week over week and then you won't feel like you're not a self-disciplined person because you only got to discipline yourself for two more meals you've never done you know 15 good meals in a row like when was the last time you set a goal that simple like mm-hmm. keep track of and I do this I, I do yeah. this with myself That's all the time point, when I get back in the swing of the, if I've fallen off track for a little while and I've fallen off the rails and I'm making poor choices eating wise and I catch myself and I know I haven't strung together two good days of eating in a while, and I could say that, like, wow, when was the last time I had two really good days of eating and training? That's the goal now. That is, even as long and as experienced as I am, I don't set a crazy goal where I need to be. I go, hey, Adam, you know, get two good days together. Two good days, and I go, let's go for a third. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, I fucked up. That's okay. I've already set three. I've done. I've never done three days in the last month and a half of consistency. So I fucked up for a day. Now I go back. Now the new goal is four days. And I just keep stretching myself a little bit like that. And yeah, then then it doesn't feel like you're not self-disciplined because you always end up giving up. Well, you're giving up on the huge goal. Set smaller goals and crush them. Yeah, and the, and the, the goals, that's that's an excellent point. The goals should be challenging, but they should also be something that you can do. I mean, they, they both have to happen, right? It's got to be a goal that you challenge yourself a little bit. Otherwise, it's not worth anything. It's, mm. It doesn't mean anything to you. Uh, it's not really a goal, right? Um, but it needs to be something that you can do, and that may just mean, like Adam said, get up and walk out the door. Right. It may mean have a glass of water today. It may mean, you know, eat one serving of vegetables or, you know, eat one less cookie. Yeah. It may mean that stuff, but you know, it's however, be realistic. however small the degree of change you make is, 
the further down the path you go, the bigger that change becomes. Right. If I, you know, if I if I took a if I take two parallel lines and I move one one degree to the right, we travel down that you know the, down those lines for a hundred miles, and those two things are gonna be so far apart you can't even you can't even see one from the other one, even though it's only one degree of change. And that's how real change or real consistent change happens uh, for the long term. Next question is from Derek McMullen. What is your overall opinion of the YouTube fitness community? Now, are they talking about the fitness yeah. stars, or are they talking about the the, the guys? The challenges. Well, it's the community. I think stuff. it's all of it, right? It's but, all of it. What do you think? I've of, never seen as many. Well, like YouTube is troll land. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think it's because you can maintain. Um, well, I think it uh, anonymity. Uh, you know, I mean, there's some people like Athlean X and some people out there that are. are there, there's some people providing good information, but you know, there's also a whole lot of like stupid shit. There is. He's he's actually pretty good. I like him. Yeah, I like him. Oh, Isn't he a physical I, therapist? I love him. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's actually got, legit. Yeah, I, if he's probably the go-to page on YouTube if I want anything related to fitness that we don't provide already. Mm -hmm. Like he's he has solid ass content. You could tell he understands movement and and exercise. Yeah, and, yeah, and, no. And, yeah, I know he's really good. A lot of the fitness people or personalities on YouTube are the do this, it's fucking awesome, rad, uh, you know, yeah. crazy kind of stuff, or, uh, you know, check out my crazy hard workout or I look at my 10, body. I 10,000 calories today, yeah. I, yes. I think we're watching it. I think we're we're a part of the evolution right now of the of YouTube. It's only been around for how many years now? Has it even been, has it been 10? YouTube? Yeah. That's a great question. Probably, yeah. Check it out, think, Doug. I would think 10. About about 10 years, right? About the same time as and like the And we're just now starting to see like your guys' kids, right? Like they don't watch TV. They watch YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like that wasn't something that we're used to. So a lot of the why I think it feels like trolls is because there's a lot of 17-year-old, 16-year-old, 15-year-old fucking kids that are talking shit to you. Right. You know, when you think about your little smart ass when you were 15. Oh, yeah. And if you were smarter than the average kid, like what would you love to do? Get on a page. Hmm. Come talk to a bunch of older, smarter guys about how smarter you are. Like that's plus it keeps you anonymous, so exactly. I can I can say something and you don't know who I am. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's that's part of the other reason. Right. So I think I think we'll see that change as as they grow up and uh, it becomes uh, older people that are also utilizing YouTube more. Like I, I don't know what the demographic breakdown is, but I would assume that it's still dominated by oh, the younger young, gener yeah, younger generation as young far kids. as the, the usage of the, it. One right? of the biggest markets on YouTube is for the young, young generation. It's for little kids. Right. If you go on there and watch these videos of people mm -hmm. like opening presents and playing with toys and shit like that, and they look, they're like the dumbest videos, yeah. tens of millions of views. It's brilliant. Insane. Absolutely It's insane. brilliant that, it's the, that they're, they're capturing that audience yeah. now because if they continue, if they're smart and they treat it like a, like a, TV channel and they evolve it as the mm -hmm. kids grow up, you know, and they're just, they just have an audience that was yeah. originally three. Now they're seven. Now they're 12. I, I, you know? I will say this as much as, as we're complaining or talking shit about some of the stuff on YouTube. I'll tell you this right now. It's awesome. I, yeah, I yeah. have, I look, I've, I've, I was in fitness when where you got your information was magazines. That's where you got your information. If you want to learn yeah. how to work out and exercise. Dude, could you imagine how you, fast you would evolve as a trainer oh if my you God. had YouTube? I know, oh. I know. I mean, back in the days, this is exactly what you do, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I know this is what you're going to say. Yeah. Is you, you literally would, somebody would come in, they would have a condition, gout. Never heard of gout at this time. You know what I'm yeah. saying? A first client, and I, I was very straight up the client. I'm not familiar with that, but right. I'll look into it and I'll get back to you. And that was how I learned. Went back, but then you go find a book. You know, mm -hmm. maybe the internet's Ask a doctor client. Inter internet's around, so we're searching some things and having to read, but not like YouTube. I mean, YouTube, I can almost guarantee I'm going to get a really good response not and just answer that, within instant. And not just that, like exercise technique. Like when I would look up information in, in muscle building magazines and fitness magazines, 
they weren't breaking down how to do a proper squat, how to do a proper deadlift. There was no correctional exercise, no. you know, information. Well, you had in to there. get that from your certification. That was it. Really, you, you had there was nowhere to get it. And now I can go on YouTube, and for every shitty video, I can find one that's actually pretty damn fucking good right. with. Good information, good execution, good, you know, a good way of great way of communicating it. Yeah. I can't imagine this is why I think the average trainer is better today than they were Absolutely. when we were training. Absolutely. I meet yeah. trainers today who've been training for a couple of years and they're smarter than than the trainers were when I was first started. The, like the early trainers when I first started, my God, they wouldn't even they wouldn't fly today at all. Yeah. Uh, because, and it's just the information is, is so crazy. Nutrition information is so easy now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you could look up a video and figure out, you know, how to figure out macros. Now, and I also think it has it has started to divide people and create these camps, which is what I believe we saw as an opportunity when we came into this space. Because I didn't think by any means we were the smartest, the most talented, but it was these people are they have everyone has a scarcity mindset or they're yep. creating camps. Mm -hmm. And that was the one thing that I think we saw like an opportunity that, no, there's a lot to take from a lot of these modalities, a lot of these messages. Because the information is so fast, what ends up happening, you become a really smart trainer, but then you indoctrinate yourself mm -hmm. with like one modality, one way, one belief. And I started to see that, you know, around the, the, the surgence of, of CrossFit coming mm -hmm. into the space. I wonder if and I remember buddies that, that started to get into that mm. and then all of a sudden it became very religious and then I started looking at other modalities and then as the internet YouTube everything grew yeah, I think if I, it felt like it started to divide us even more so yeah because I mean these like there's guys that specialize in certain directions and like you know whether or not you know they have a sport you know sports science kind of background and so they they address like training in this very specific regard and then um, you know, nutritionally, you know, I'm coming from this angle and this has worked the best with all my clients. So therefore this is what I, uh, profess as the answer. And I, and it's just interesting because I think, I think the consumer is really still driving that mentality because they want, they want sort of the one, the one easy sort of peg that they can fit. Well, into. we love community. We love we love clicks. Yeah. We've, we've evolved that mm -hmm. way. So it's natural. Yeah. It's also natural. Just it's also very natural for humans to think that the answer is black and white. So Exactly. It's not. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, you know, oh, I want to get in shape. Your kettlebells is the way to do it. That's yeah. the best. Or right. this is the best way. And not realizing that there's something to take from all of these modalities. And, Absolutely. And the, and the best, your best chance at achieving balance and health in, in longevity in, in a very real way is to utilize the best of each. You know, I mean, like yoga has got some incredible things that you can pick up from yoga that you're not going to learn from kettlebell training. Kettlebell training is going to have some stuff that you're going to, you can pick up, up and learn that you'll never get from powerlifting. Yeah. Powerlifting, you know, and it, you just go all the way down the line and the average person is just looking to be fit, healthy, look lean, look really good, and they'll get there much faster if they start to implement you know, it's it's almost like martial arts. You know, martial arts went through this crazy revolution when yeah. mixed martial arts competitions came out because early on it was style versus style. You either oh, did taekwondo, yeah. karate, or judo. That's or, a great point. Well, MMA the, was the ultimate exposure of like what actually worked. That's it, right? And and how has it evolved? First, it turned into you know grapplers are winning everything, and then it was uh, oh, there's some strikers that win. It's the Muay Thai guys, and then it turned into, but now what are you finding? They're taking the best from each mm -hmm. and turning it into a style without a style, right? Which is far superior. Right. And I right. think that's the same thing. That's a great analogy. It applies mm -hmm. with fitness and what we're doing. Yeah, you don't see a whole lot of like uh, 
praying mantis like flying kicks or anything. No, you know no. I mean? it, they're taking what works yeah. and utilizing it and what you're finding now with fitness. That's the same thing though. Yeah. Like all these fancy moves and this flash and, and you know, people are understanding now, oh, we don't necessarily, that's not the most effective. Well, dude, I'll watch like a bodybuilder or a strength athlete do their warm up. Mm-hmm. And it's like mobility movements and stuff. Like they never did that shit before. They weren't doing those specific type of mobility movements before. And it's it's because of the, you know, the information age. So I mean, personally, I think the YouTube fitness community reflects just the fitness community in general. So you're gonna get the mm-hmm. crazies, you're gonna get the whatever. But yeah. never have I been able to see ever I the think, ability to share such good I think we're advancing. You yeah. know, I think that uh, just all this access to information now, and we're filtering, it's a filtering process. And I think this is happening on all kinds of different levels where, you know, the dust will settle and then we're going to kind of move forward knowing, you know, a bit the, more. The cream, the cream will rise to the top. That's what's mm-hmm. nice about the way it is structured, right? I love that it's structured that way. You ma- imagine if it was like networks and there was power and control and be, uh, we'd just be divided all over the place again. Yeah, we'd be divided. It'd be, we'd be corrupt. You would know what is a good right message where now it's you know it's like it's designed like wikipedia right mm-hmm. at, 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 after it's been around long enough the right answer will be there and i think that that's that's the you got to be playing the long game if you're in in youtube right now look at those statistics right there this was published on august 4 2018 300 hours of video are uploaded to youtube every single minute minute every minute wow. there's 300 hours being uploaded Think about the amount Worldwide. of information that is being stored and compiled just on YouTube and alone. And this, this is what creates AI, man. Oh, geez, this thanks. Is, this is all the, it's feeding that. That's, yeah, that's so scary. So there we go. Yeah, scare everybody. Let <laughs> me remind everybody, 50% off maps anywhere, ending in three days. You got three days left. There's only three days left. 50% off. Go to mapswhite.com and use the code white50, W-H-I-T-E, and the number 50, at checkout. So don't forget to do that. Also, if you go to mapsfitnessproducts.com, you can check out our other maps programs. And finally, if you just want something for free, you don't want to buy anything, you just want more free good information, go to Give mind, me everything. Go to so. mindpumpfree.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now, plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.